Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Super Deluxe Gamescast. It is Thursday, March the 24th. April is almost upon us. Um, hi, Derek. Derek's waving at the camera. Hi, buddy. Um, so, you know, we were talking before we came, before we went live. You know, last week, almost nobody could uh, could actually join the podcast. Uh, so we decided to have a, um, a Jackbox night. That was fun. But it's 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 we it's it's always so much better when we can hang out with everyone and do a podcast and just just bullshit like this. This is what we live for. It's right funny here. how like, like last is... week what I needed more than anything was a Jackbox night, right? Like just a goofy, right. fun playing games night. And this week, when it's been two weeks since we've had a podcast, I desperately need a podcast night. Justin Godzilla is always it, valid. This is a tiki <laughs> mug, actually. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I've I've got a xenomorph one too. It's, I posted that, that it in our have... uh, SEGC Discord earlier, but I was on a Microsoft call this morning with some <laughs> engineers, and one of the guys' backgrounds was just like the black and white Godzilla. I think probably from the first movie. Yeah, love it. Fantastic. Just a reminder: I have Fantastic. two of you, only two of you, scheduled for future episodes of Castle Bravo. Jeff, we're gonna have to to work out a movie I'm to have you on for. Admittedly, a huge fan of the newer movies. I have not. But if you want to have me on for like some of the new, just because I won't have much to contribute to the older stuff. You, well, um, you're going to watch it and then you're going to talk about it. We'll do like a, okay. a, a good like mid 90s one. I have, seen, I have seen Shin Godzilla and I love that movie. So if you want to have me on when you get around? I've got that one. I've got uh, Justin on for that. one. I, I, I already called there. Shin. I, a lot yeah, of people I, are fighting I've, for Shin Godzilla. But I've been a, I've been on, I've been on one episode already and it was delightful. Mm -hmm. um, Is that the really Derek bad Godzilla? No, Shin Godzilla. No broadly considered extremely good what's I the really bad one i'm coming on for you're coming on for godzilla's hey, the one you're coming on for is the <laughs> it's, yeah it's godzilla's yeah. revenge which is like right. 65 okay, percent cool. stock footage so mm. <laughs> that, that is a movie way. i was worried you guys were going to see the 98 movie which is art uh so i'm gonna counter that I, i'm gonna i'm gonna we're gonna get to that one eventually this is not castle bravo this is SDGC. <laughs> i just got distracted because justin pulled up godzilla and it was like huh i also do a godzilla podcast <laughs> with, with several of you so no please no i mean dude pimp your podcast out Derek. and <clears throat> talk about it love very it. little to pimp out because season one's done and it's gonna be a bit before i start season two well so. you know what we're I all need looking a fucking forward to season break. two buddy yeah if anyone listening uh or anyone in chat was not already aware we do have a discord uh where we have uh about 350 people uh it's it's very wholesome uh not kid friendly because we use a lot of bad language words but it's very wholesome very cool we like focus 14 on up. 14 yeah, up 14 I and up fair. i think yeah yeah it's yeah, not, yeah. It's not uh, really like not safe for work just it's grown-ups talking jeff is right in chat though there are a lot of butts Right. There's well, a lot of PG-13. There's so. a lot of right. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, goofy, goofy butts are PG-13. That's fair. That's absolutely in a, in, a, in a comedic sense and not an erotic sense. Absolutely. PG-13. Blaine says uh, it's like an episode of Morocco's Modern Life. Not bad. It's not a bad way not of describing bad. it, actually. Um, and we also have a uh, a store where you can buy all kinds of cool shirts. Uh, we are have we doing the end at the beginning. What is this? Smashing Pumpkin song? No, I, I figure I, I, I go ahead and just get out of the way. I'm just going to go and get out of the way. Uh, we got a store. You guys can uh, go check out some some of our merch. Every single dollar goes towards various charities, including Black Girls Code, Take This, uh, and Able Gamers, uh, and The Trevor Project. So please go spend some money, support those good causes, and look really, really good at the same time. 
Um, guys, been kind of a slow week this week. Um, we do have one topic. Well, we we have we have two major topics, right? We have After we to talk about, but it's gonna right. be you know a good so, a good time tonight. So so we're gonna talk about what we've been playing as as we always do. We are gonna talk about um the response of some video game companies to Ukraine to to what's happening in Ukraine without getting too you know depressing and dark about it. But but we are gonna talk a little bit about how developers react to worldwide tragedies and and when when it's appropriate to like say for example like you know change a game or delay a game or cancel a game and and when it's uh, you know a little bit basically look you all Um, know we're all about that like lefty lib lib like community activism kind of stuff but like when do we actually want these companies to speak up and and how and when is it just kind of like a little cringe or or just like you didn't need to be a part of this. It's fine. Um, yeah. You know, because some companies have, have, have had good responses and some have had silly ones. So for sure, you know, and and we will get into all that. And we're also going to talk. We're also going to do a hype check tonight oh, for yes. the rest of 2022. We're going to talk about the games that we are excited about. Uh, we're, you know, excited about coming out for the rest of the year. Now, now the, I am laying down some ground rules for myself. Now you guys don't have to follow this, <laughs> but Derek already told Derek and I already talked about I, this. I was already so, like, is is one of them going to be Final Fantasy 16, which is not confirmed for this year? No, <laughs> I am only I am only going to hype games that we know are coming out in 2022 that either have a firm date or they're like it's coming out in 2022. There's just not a window for it yet, yeah. um, which means no Final Fantasy 16. Uh, no Breath of the Wild, even though they said they're aiming for 2022, I'm still not convinced that's coming. If it doesn't have a hard 2022 date, I personally will not talk about it. That's just for me, though. You guys do what you want. Fuck the rules. It, it, exactly. Rules <laughs> Rules are like bones, Derek. They're made to be broken. No, that's explicitly n- not what bones are made for. It, they are if they belong to bigots. Yeah, you like that, don't you? See? Exactly, exactly. All right, let's go ahead and get into what we've been playing. Um, Derek, why don't we kick it out with you, buddy? Well, what have you been playing, Derek? It's real easy because I've been playing a single game. It's Elden Ring. I can't stop playing Elden Ring. Oh, um, it's so good. Tell us about Rikard, Derek. Tell us about Rikard. Fuck Rikard, the least <laughs> acceptable thing I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Um, no, look. I love Dark Souls. I've I've made that clear. I've probably said that countless times. I love Dark Souls. I am um, one of the few people out there who prefers Dark Souls to Bloodborne. There is something about Dark Souls in terms of its sort of atmosphere and its world building and its aesthetic of dark fantasy that really appeals to me. Um, the Berserk like influence is very strong on dark souls and berserk is something that's very, very near and dear to my heart. Um, as a piece of media that I think a lot of people really don't fucking understand. Even the and great I mean, sword. Yeah, Derek. Well, I mean, it's, it's, there's so many references through, through the, the series, but like a lot of people like berserk for very superficial reasons. And, and like emotionally that series is very close to my heart. Um, but Elden ring really takes everything that I loved about dark souls and, gives it kind of a fresh start unburdened by a lot of the weight of what came before. Um, We can build a new mythos from the start that is a little bit less obtuse and a little bit more 
um, interested in actually like giving you pieces of the story without you having to just read item descriptions. Um, it's a lot more forgiving in terms of its mechanics that so much of your character building is not permanent. The I also think, I also think it's harder than any dark souls game though. Well, I like, don't know because you know what I'm thinking about? Everybody's getting their ass kicked by Margaret, the fell omen, that first mandatory boss. You want to know why? It's because people ran straight to him and that's not how the game is meant to be played. Well, if you take you, your time, you gotta get, you gotta get the, the shackle, right? You gotta but get you, shackle. I, I didn't even do that. If you take your time, and play this game the way it's meant to be played, which is to explore the space, to pull that map up, look at it, and go, that looks like an interesting spot. I want to I wanna go check that out. Then, uh, you know, you you will naturally level up plenty, find cool gear, uh, and, and, and that difficulty curve drops off tremendously. Um, it is hard, and I do enjoy the challenge. It's hard but, as fuck, dude, but, especially towards the end. What's funny is it's been getting way easier for me as time has gone on. Oh, I'd love to talk to you after you uh, pass sure, a sure, certain sure, sure. point. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. But but yeah. So I know I know that we've we've talked about Elden Ring on the last couple shows. Um, I I think as frustrating as it was for every game to get compared to Dark Souls forever, uh, and it was really really annoying to hear it brought up by. Every amateur podcaster, every streamer, every reviewer, every everybody, um, Dark Souls did really change the game in a lot of ways by ignoring a lot of the kind of expectations and burdens of modern game design and saying like, no, we can do some things old school. We can we can kick the playbook to the curb. And Elden Ring does a lot of the same things with open world design that I really hope more open world games look at. Because I'm getting really tired. I've, I've grown so tired of the Ubisoft style open world format. And. You That's know, exactly why I have no interest in Ghostwire, Derek. We'll, after reading we'll the see. Re like, We'll see. But but like I said, Elden Ring is is far from perfect. You know, I think it is a very interesting, very special game that. A lot of people could learn from and a lot of people could improve from. And clearly even from software believes in improving on what they've been doing because so much about Elden Ring is a lot more forgiving than like Dark Souls has traditionally been. So even they kind of agree like there's room to elevate the formula. Um, I just, Derek, I just that's going to break tomorrow, but I've been playing Elden Ring nonstop. It's the only oh, game I've played for like three weeks now. Are you picking up Kirby tomorrow? That's my man. That's my man. That's my Kirby, man. Kirby don't miss. We'll that's talk about man. Kirby later, but Kirby don't that's, fucking miss. That's my boy right there. Shout a big ass shout out in the chat to Tarek. What's up, Tarek? Dude, it's so late over there. Why are you still awake for this? Not. Because, I'm, I'm glad you're here, Tarek. Because he fucking rules. That's why. That's true. That is actually very true. Um, the Sleepy Phantom says, hi, everyone. I'm actually able to catch a stream for once. Hey. All right. Always happy when people are able to catch a stream here. So um, I will uh, I will go next, and then we'll... Uh, Justin, you want to go after that? We'll go to Jeff, because I know Jeff sure. wanted to go last. Okay. So uh, I've been playing a few things, actually. I've been playing Triangle Strategy. Um, I, I, I haven't finished as many of these games I've started as I'd like, simply because there's so much to fucking play right now. I'm, I'm juggling about six different games at any given time, it feels like. I'm playing Triangle Strategy about halfway through that. 
excuse me. I do plan on finishing that up next week. Great so far. Love it. Um, not a whole lot to say about, else to say about it that that hasn't been said already. Um, uh, I've been playing Stranger Paradise. Uh, that boy. Now, now that, now that is a motherfucking video game, my friends. This there sounds is, like a video game ass <laughs> video game, man. There is literally a moment in that game where one of the four fiends, Lich, and I've I've hit this point. Where uh, Lich, one of the four fiends, is talking to you, and he says, and that's because I'm, and then Jack cuts him off and says, I don't give a fuck who you are, and just punches him in the face. Like, that, it, that to me, sums the entire game up. It is, it is so fucking brotastic, and, uh, like, it, there's fist bumps everywhere, um, it's, I, I, I will say that, uh, visually, like it's not the best looking game, but it does. Like the re the resolution has been improved from the demo. I was really worried when I played the demo. I was like, oh no, this doesn't look great. It's not going to win any best uh, best visuals at the Game Awards this year. Um, but I'll tell you what. I imagine it'll clean up too over time. It's Team Ninja, Neo, both this, Neo games. I think went through the same arc of being a little rough at launch and really cleaning up over time. So this game has this game is better than it has any right to be. Like any right to be. It's on um, my to-do list. It's just unfortunately it, got a few things ahead of it, but it does seem I'm I'm kind of down for some taking that game, putting it on easy mode, and just burning through it just like dudes rock. Like dudes just rock. Just like appreciate the fact that we're playing a Final Fantasy One, a retelling of Final Fantasy One, where the protagonist is playing like new metal rock on his phone. Like I mean, I I don't know what else to say. Link like it's, Biscuit, it's specifically. It's, it's, we, it's, we do need to call that out. Okay. I mean, like, it's just, it's fucking incredible. Um, boy, oh boy, that story's going places. Once you get, once you get near the end, that story is really going places. Um, uh, what else do I got? Uh, so I played the Kirby demo again, uh, in preparation for tomorrow. Fucking can't wait for Kirby. Those reviews got me so happy, dude. I'm so fucking happy for Kirby. Uh, I, I love, I, I love Kirby games. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. Um, and I've also been playing some low poly horror games, uh, uh, games. I, so I've discovered, uh, games on the switch that, uh, well, I mean, they've been ported to the switch, but they got their start on, on PC, uh, by, uh, puppet combo is the developer and they specialize in low poly PS one era style horror games. And I downloaded murder house and nun massacre. Uh, and, and excuse me, murder house and nun massacre in nun massacre you are being chased through a school by a very freakishly tall nun with blood, black blood coming out of her eyes. Um, in Murder House, you are part of a team that is investigating some paranormal shit uh, in a house where a serial killer used to live. It's got uh, a fixed camera. It has uh, tank controls. It's essentially Resident Evil, like the original Resident Evil. And Derek, your sister was the one who recommended these to me. And they oh, are yeah, okay. Fucking... That sounds like a pretty Charlotte core game for sure. <laughs> It, people in chat seem to know who Puppet Combo is. Derek, they're fucking great. Okay. I, okay. I've heard uh, Murder House has been on my list to check out for a while now. I heard I heard it's good. They're great. They really fucking are. I love these games so far. Uh, and and yeah, that's what I've been playing. I'm planning on jumping back into uh, Final Fantasy 14 when Patch 6.1 hits here in a few weeks. And uh, and yeah, that's what that's what I got going on right now. Um, Justin. All right, so I um, I've been on the grind in Destiny uh, quite a bit. I'm still really enjoying all the uh, the Witch Queen stuff. 
I'm hoping I can get uh, a chance to to raid sometime soon because I really want to check out this raid. Uh, I've been super into all the lore drops and stuff this season. Um, I I really love what they're doing with the story in Destiny. Um, like they actually have. I I, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil it for people that aren't into it. But like they have dramatically stepped it up with how how they're handling story and lore and stuff in destiny and it's it's like it's legit great writing um that has been that's really putting the game in a really a really cool place and it's like this is the first time in a while that i've just wanted the next expansion to drop right away for destiny because i need to see where they're going with this especially with the titles of the next couple expansions uh that, that seems to be the sentiment that i've heard as yeah. well um but yeah, Witch Queen is awesome. This is this is one of the best states Destiny has ever been in the entire entirety of its um, existence. So I'm very happy with that. And also, I got a large gift card uh, from work because I signed people up for our honors program. So I I splurged and bought a few things that I wasn't planning to get for a while. Uh, I pre-ordered Ghostwire Tokyo, which comes out tonight. Uh, Shit, that yeah. does come out tonight. What the fuck? <laughs> I grabbed Stranger of Paradise myself, but I haven't really played it beyond the uh, the demo stuff yet. But I also picked up Elden Ring, which I wasn't planning on getting to for a while, but I have actually been playing quite a bit of Elden Ring uh, this week. And um, I, I've mentioned before that I wanted to kind of take my time or probably wait for a price drop or something to check it out um because from games don't always hit for me but i i've actually been enjoying it quite a bit um i still have a number of issues with it uh namely i've get, been getting bugs where like the face buttons on my controller don't work <laughs> and stuff like that and it happens on both my controllers it's not just the controller stuff like that so like and stuff like that's very frustrating in a game like elden ring um but overall i'm actually really enjoying it and in, it's kind of funny. It's the opposite experience I have with most games in that I actually really, really like the open world stuff, but I'm actually not a huge fan of the more linear sections so far. Like, I like the little dungeons and stuff that you can discover out in the in the world and, and stuff. But like I did one um, like large castle area that's more yeah, of like typical yeah, soul castle. style area. And I did not enjoy that nearly as much as the open world and exploring um, part of it. I say I didn't There's... like that castle nearly as much as some of the other like big dungeon type areas that come okay. later. But the you know. the uh, the Rea Lucaria Rea Lucaria Academy is essentially an Orlando. Like it's this game's an Orlando for sure. Um, that means it's nothing it... to people who haven't played Dark Souls one. Yeah, but I'm I'm assuming everybody in chat has played Dark Souls One because it's a bad I our community, <laughs> our community aside from Justin, don't is say they're gamers. Of, is no, they're a community of taste. But uh, they listen to but, us. So <laughs> overall, though, I have been enjoying the game a lot more than I thought I would. Um, I like I like how they. I like just being able to like, oh, if I get stuck on a boss, I can just fuck off and go somewhere else and do yeah. something else entirely, which is that, that. I mean, that was kind of like the the state that I would get in with a lot of the other games where I would just end up not playing like Bloodborne is the other only one I've been able to finish. Um, and I, I did love Bloodborne, but um, of the other ones I've tried, like I would just get to a point where I'd be like, 
you know, up against a wall with a boss or something. And it wasn't so much like I would be like, oh, I'm done. It would just be, oh, I've got limited time and I want to actually do something instead of just batting up against this wall. And then slowly and slowly I would stop making attempts and then just realize without realizing it, I would have, you know, put the game down. But Elden Ring, just there's so much to it. You can kind of just go off and do whatever for a while. So I, I am enjoying it. Um, I don't think it's hitting quite at the level for for me as it is with other people, but I'm not really surprised. There are some things just with how From designs its games and uh, that that annoy me that are very much part of a, the From From's DNA, like how, how they handle like the the items on the D pad and stuff. I'm like really fumbling around with that that and like I can't get past that. The performance is bothering me and i'm on ps5 too which is one of the better case scenarios for the state the game's in right now and for a game that demands you know good timing and stuff i'm a little bit less forgiving of performance issues and stuff like that but overall um the game is really great and i think i'm so I, for, I know you guys all know what i think of breath of the wild but forgive me for this comparison but i'm almost excited to see the games that this influences more than I am seeing the rest of this game, which is kind of the same thing. I, I same feeling I had coming from breath of the wild. Like even if not everything hits for me, I think there's some kind of a middle ground between everything being like Elden ring and everything being like the Ubisoft open world game. I think that there's a lot that other games can pull from this and integrate into their design in a really, really great way. And I'm really excited to see that play out because the game has been so successful, has just become such a zeitgeist game um, that I really do think we're going to see a whole lot of influence in it. And I, I I'm excited to see that pan out. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, for anybody that's, you know, keep a track. I've, I've, fin I've beaten Godric. Um, okay. so like I, I've done the first, oh, like, all right. Yeah, I've I know exactly where you're at. Like, you passed the bosses. first major wall then. Yeah. And from here, so I've, I've done the first. There's too many fucking G and M and R names in this game. There's, there's the names Godric, all themes. Godwin, Godric, uh, Godfrey. Uh, like well, Godfrey it, and Godric are are descendants of, of Godwin. Godwin, right? Then you've got Rikard, Radon, uh, Ronnie, Ranala. Uh, it's too fucking much, dude. Like stop. George R. R. Martin. I know. That, right. I, I know. I know. Um. Uh. Before we move on to Jeff, I wanted to clear something up. I've got to clear something up in chat uh rar it wasn't that i was spicy and it wasn't that my chest was spicy last week the question on uh jackbox was i'd like to never hear why, to somebody refer to their chest why is, as spicy ever again unless John, they literally rubbed like it was that right it was that on their chest which is it, not a yeah, good idea i would but. never do this i would never do this oh hey pill knock um, I would, no, I would, what the hell are you talking about? I'm talking about, I our don't know. Our, no. so, so Rar and chat, referring so, to. so let me, so Rar and chat, I'm Chad's, muting him. <laughs> I muted John. I'm bringing you back. I'm sorry. You're back. You're back. Am I? You're even full screen now. Great. I love you. Great. Uh, Rar and Chad said, according to last week's Jackbox stream, I'm pretty sure John is spicy or his chest was spicy. I forgot the details. It's not my chest was a work of art. Rar. It wasn't. It, spicy had nothing to do with it. I'm not spicy. 
I just want to clear that up. Jeff, please go. I would give anything to get out of that conversation. Yes, please. <laughs> um, wow, our that, wonderful boy, Jeff. I don't, I don't know how to follow that up. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm still playing Gran Turismo. Uh, I, I came to kind of like a realization, which is that uh, for the last like year or two, I've just been bitching how I don't want to play hard games, and I don't find frustrating, difficult stuff fun. And I'm just fucking killing myself getting every gold uh, in all the license <laughs> tests in Gran Turismo, which basically require like perfect. I think I have 80 hours in the game already, and I must I must have spent like eight hours on one license test. And to put that in perspective, um, the license test would be like uh, take a corner in this amount of time. And it's like the goal is like 16 seconds. So I, I probably spent eight hours on a 16 second section of track. I must have retried it 200 times. Uh, so that, that's my idea of fun these days, apparently, but no, um, the game's just got a ton of content. Uh, I'm finally dipping my toes back into the online mode into sport, uh, which is great. Um, I'll, uh, I'll drop a screenshot in chat. I don't know if that'll work. Um, but I had a nice 20 minute race staring at the back of a corner <laughs> of the car. Uh, so, you know, Grand Turismo players keeping it classy. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, put this so up no, full it's screen. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, we get like uh, copyright striked from them uh, for showing that on the stream. Hopefully not. I don't think so. I, I don't think Pornhub's in a position to be too upset about getting airtime anywhere. Yeah, just just top notch stuff, really. And, and like the be one word. I, I I tried to get a look at the rest of the car to see if it was as creative. Uh, but it's it pretty boring. I was a little disappointed. So uh, it's a nice break from all the anime cars. There's a huge crossover, apparently, between racing enthusiasts and uh, anime fans. It's it's crazy. But um, no, I've been playing that. Uh, yeah, just um, doing license tests, just working my way through the content, um, unlocking shitloads of cars. I've spent I spend probably more time doing like paint jobs and liveries than I do actually racing. It's just like a nice like if I need a break from like stressful stuff, it's you can just chill the music in the menus is so relaxing and I'll just, I made a death stranding car. Uh, it took me like two hours. Um, but no, it's, uh, yeah, just having a real good time. And, um, I don't know. It's hopefully going to keep me going for the rest of the year. Cause for me, it's looking pretty slim. <laughs> but we'll talk about that later in the we'll show. Talk, yeah, uh, we'll talk. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll, um, we'll, we'll get into that. I think before the show, so you guys were saying, you know, I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Reddit. I'm not on the social media. You're the Apparently healthiest of all of us. <laughs> I don't know about that. Jeff but, is so wise. Uh, people in the discord were saying like, so we could tell you anything and you'd believe us. I'm like, well, yeah, I trust you. <laughs> uh, I have no way to verify this in information independently. <laughs> um, Animal Crossing sequel. What? <laughs> Nice try. I know it'll be another 10 years. <laughs> um, it, no, before the show, so you guys were saying there was, there was like a little bit of discourse, a little bit of uh, conversation lately around the game, which surprised me because like I felt like people don't really care about Gran Turismo anymore. Like I felt like this was a niche. I, I know it's a big name, but like I felt like these racing games are on the way out. I was shocked to hear that this game made any kind of significant waves uh, <laughs> among What's the about, capital well, G gamers. Well, the discussion's about microtransaction, right, guys? Mm -hmm. Like it's, and I, I, I have not played the game, but that, but that seems to be what everybody is angry about. Uh, it, but, but I don't know the details of the MTs um, in Gran Turismo Seven. So, if somebody could, so, Jeff, yeah, yeah, I'll run through it real quick. Um, so it actually started to me. It started when the game went down for maintenance. It was supposed to be two hours maintenance. This was about a week or a week and a half ago. Um, it's supposed to be down from like six to eight a.m. Uh, Greenwich Mean Time. 
And then like six hours later, they posted a notice saying uh, maintenance would be extended. And that was literally it for like 36 hours. There was no more updates. <laughs> um, people were going down the rabbit right. hole. A lot of people felt like the, you know, the, the silence around the PSN hack, like around 2010, there was some that I do remember that uh, were shared with me again. I'm not on any of these sites to read this stuff firsthand. Um, but it was, it was like, just like, I was just shocked that they could just go so long without a tweet, without an update from anyone. Like, I'm surprised someone higher up at Sony didn't step in and make them make a comment or put a blog post mm -hmm. up. Uh, and basically, it wasn't even a big deal. It was like something screwed up. There was a risk that people would lose their save data, so they had to fix it before they could um, take the game back live. Oof. And of course, Oof. the game's always online. So was GT Sport. Um, it's not new, but obviously, that's just going to grind people's gears a little bit. So I assumed that that's why people were really mad at the game. And then it came out that uh, when the game came up as part of this new patch, um, they also reduced the rewards for some of the races. These are mostly higher end races, which I haven't I haven't finished like the main campaign of the game yet. So I haven't even got to these high payout um, events. So it's not really relevant to me, but I guess some of them were cut in half from like 60,000 credits to 30,000 credits. There was a couple that were actually boosted from 5,000 credits to 70,000. Uh, but those are long races. So I think they, they aren't ideal for people looking to grind. Um, but yeah, so I, I guess the conversation now has uh, heavily shifted to microtransactions because, of course, you could buy credits for the game with real money. Um, and, and so I guess, uh, I want to take a different approach to this from like just being mad. Um, because I think it's like, it's, there's a few things that are interesting to me. First is I, I don't want to like, what about, or, you know, deflect it would buy, it would be very naive for anyone to think Sony is completely altruistic and does not want you to spend real money on this game. Of course they do. Any game with microtransactions wants you to use those microtransactions and give them an additional money. Um, and the goal that all of them have is just to find the that very fine balance where you don't quite piss people off, but you're earning the maximum revenue. Um, and obviously they've missed the mark on that here. But uh, the other interesting thing is that Gran Turismo 5 and 6 also had microtransactions. Um, 6, I think, was a little less grindy, but Gran Turismo 5 was actually way grindier than 7. Um, and that's always been a part of the series history. Uh the expensive cars in the game take a long, long time to unlock. Um, so I, I'm just, I'm a little, so I'm not surprised people are upset. I'm a little surprised that it just blew up now, um, given that just based on my experience with the series, it's not anything radically different than it's been for the last 10 or 12 years. And I, I don't know if it's just kind of the zeitgeist at the moment. Um, but the, I guess the where I wanted to go with the conversation is the gate, the series is grindy. Even before there was microtransactions, Gran Turismo 3 was very grindy. You had to race a lot of races to get the most expensive cars. It's part of the game's fundamental design. And so if you, the game just didn't have microtransactions in it, would people be complaining about the grind? Probably, but I would so wager I, it's not as much. So so, so I've actually got something to jump in here with, Jeff, if you don't mind real quick. Um, this sounds very similar to uh, the issue that uh, people have had with, including myself, Mm -hmm. with ch uh, chocobo gp um chocobo chocobo gp is a great fun little final fantasy based kart racer right like it's not mario kart but you'll have a good time um however the game is completely bogged down in microtransactions to the point where you are i mean you get bombarded with messages about how you can buy mithril right like mithril points and you can use mithril points to like you know 
unlock fighters or not fighters, but unlock racers and, you know, and get like, the season pass and cloud and squall are behind are, are behind paywalls. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and even when you unlock, when you get the season pass, you still have to grind to level 60 to even unlock cloud. You don't just be, unlock him. I'm going to be real. Um, this, this shit is why I did not get Chocobo GP because so, you tell me I can get squall. And then you tell me that he's behind a bunch of battle pass bullshit. I'm well, good. I'm out. See, but here's, that sounds very different from this game. It, 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 it is. It is. But but I, I guess the similarity is is that microtransactions are ruining what is otherwise a very cool experience. Um, but, and the other thing is, hmm. is, is that when you log into the game, you're awarded 850 mithril points, like as a login bonus, which is enough, excuse me, to get the season pass. If you don't use it in a couple months, it vanishes. The the purchasable currency in the game vanishes. Um, that sounds to me like like mm-hmm. maybe Chocobo GP is uniquely bad, but Gran Turismo is dealing with kind of the usual. I think the thing with Gran Turismo, like I, I've tried to find people that have had more measured responses to it, and it sounds like there's three specific things that people are upset about. One, well, the always online thing for sure. Well, right? The always online like, thing, I think a lot of people are mad on because a lot of people bought it as a single player game. It wasn't an issue with sport because sport was a multiplayer title. So I think a lot of people are now realizing that primarily bought Gran Turismo as a single player game are very upset about the always online requirement. That's a bit separate though from the microtransaction stuff. I think there's three specific things with the microtransaction stuff. One, there is a cap on the amount of credits that you can earn. There is a much, much higher cap to the credits that you can buy. Um, so like Don't there was like a that. car there was a car that was they rotate in like legend cars that you can buy. And there was one that was like 18 and a half million credits. But the most credits you can have that you earn is 20 million. And it's there for a limited amount of time. So, like, unless you've already Wait, grinded hold on. it. Please correct me if I misheard you. But the credits you earn from playing in Gran Turismo expire. No, like a the best car rewards coupon. The cars. No, the, the car that daily. was in the store. Okay, rotates. Okay, through. for a minute. For a minute, I suddenly though, I was got like, way more invested in this no, conversation. No, no, in no, no. Like it, it's, it's just the t- it's just the typical. We you know rotate something. Yes. that people want. I get in, that, but because of how it works, you can't really grind out and then bank it for later. You have to have already grinded it out and stuff. So they're annoyed about that. Um. The other thing is, like, I think it's just a combination of they were off for a day. There wasn't any kind of like, we're sorry, here's some credits. And then payouts were lower. And then this car came in. It was just like all of a sudden it kind of took off. But also, like, the equivalent prices are way higher than they were for sport. Um, I think some of the stuff that was $5 in sport is now 40 in 7 So it's a huge increase in price. I think and then the, I, I think oh, sorry, you can finish Justin. And then just the third point is that people are nervous because Sony is has said they're working on, you know, 10 live service titles and they're going to be really going to be releasing over the next few years. Um, and so people are worried that this is how the pricing is going to go for a lot of Sony's other 
um, live service titles, which I think Polyphony is kind of a uniquely out of touch uh, developer um, in some ways. So I, I don't I don't quite have that fear, but I at least get it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because sport is such a different game where uh it was almost like they wanted you to have every car as fast as possible. So there's daily spins you get. And for example, in sport, um, every daily spin, you just had like four cars in the spin and you would win a car every single time. There was no other rewards. Whereas something like uh, the other Gran Turismo games like this one, or even like Forza Horizon, where you win a, win a kid's wristwatch or something like that. Like it's a different approach, but sport, <laughs> sport felt very much like a beta for their new online league, uh, which is in Gran Turismo 7 still. It was it was kind of like a proof of concept. And I think they weren't too. And that's why I think the cars were so cheap. The rewards were so generous. It was just they wanted people to race with all the cars and um, kind of get all the kinks ironed out probably in anticipation of this title but i think the um again just the the interesting thing to me is like we won't ever really know what their intention is i want to believe kaz when he says this isn't a strict money grab and like i said earlier uh for sure they they want a little bit of that cash but i also do believe that you know they want that grind especially because the series is a live service game now like it or not we know that there's long gaps this is the first mainline game uh in almost 10 years since gran turismo 6 in 2013 and a lot of people and, missed out on 6 because I, of the weird release like, yeah schedule and, stuff for it and I, I think we're also seeing a lot of um what we saw with maybe animal crossing or just uh impatient people basically where they want everything and they want it right away like the game has been out three weeks and they probably plan to support this game for four to five years and they probably don't want you to own every single car in three weeks and i i think that's where some of the frustration is coming from is people the the game's philosophy is incompatible with what a lot of the people actually want out of it now that's obviously compounded by the microtransactions but i i just that, think it's interesting like if there was no microtransactions what would the reaction be would the reward probably the rewards would be a little bit better but um i, mean, I don't know it's, i think I think that's a that's a tough um, like economy and grind and like player progression and stuff is mm -hmm. something that I think is really a really difficult part about making a service game. And you have to hit the point where you have people playing for a long time because there's stuff that people want to earn. There's stuff that people want to collect. And it has to take a while because you want them to keep playing and stay invested and keep coming back. But it can't feel bad to the players yeah. like and and then you also want to have your ways of speeding it up for making money and stuff because you know service games can generate a lot of money and they cost a lot of money to keep going so you have to find that balance and it seems like gran turismo has not found the balance right now um and it's something that they just got to keep keep working at but i i think people are also just really frustrated with like the lack of communication um, from polyphony and stuff on this issue. Well, I mean, hopefully, you know, hopefully, uh, Sony, uh, opens their ears and listens. I mean, we all know Jim Ryan is always listening and willing to, uh, I can't keep a straight face when I say that, <laughs> of course he's not. Um, but yeah, like it, it sounds like an unfortunate situation and, and you're like, I, I, I don't play Gran Turismo. Um, racing games just don't interest me, but I, I mean, that being said, even I can see uh, how this would be incredibly irritating to people. Like, like I'll just ask one more question, Jeff. Um, per, like, let's say none of this changes. Like, does that mm -hmm. does that affect 
I, I guess, does that affect how much time you put into the game in the future? No, I mean, like, you know, it's, it's like I was saying, like, I really don't think, I think it's a little overblown. Like, they need to tweak some stuff. They need to balance some stuff. But I don't think it doesn't take the game from a nine to a one. Like, the, all the content is still there. The racing is still really good, um, you know, and, and the progression is really good for going through the campaign. Like, I have almost 100 cars already, and I've been tuning the shit out of them. Like, it's it's really is an issue if you want to get every single car in the game and max them all out. But, like, you know, I'm fine with not doing that. I'm fine with the current stuff. It's like, you know, they need to improve it a little bit. But I, um, yeah, I don't I don't think it's a major overhaul required. I think they've got some limited events coming up. They just need to make sure there's some good payouts there to kind of uh, appease people and definitely improve the communication. Awesome. Well, no, let's, uh, I, I, I hope that they, uh, I hope that those changes are made uh, for you and, and for everybody else enjoying the game. Um, we'll go ahead and move on to our, our, the first of the kind of two little uh, topics of discussion we've got planned for tonight. And the first one is, uh, as everybody knows, unless you've been living under a fucking rock, uh, there is a brutal war of suppression going on in Ukraine right now. Uh, and, um, which itself is not the main topic of tonight. Not the main topic of tonight, actually, because um, I don't have the emotional bandwidth. I don't think to any of us do. Plus this is a video game podcast. The horrors of war. Right. Um, but, uh, numerous devs throughout the industry have been reacting to what's going on in Ukraine in various ways. Um, some of them have done it, uh, in, you know, in our opinion, really well. Um, not so much. Not that they've. Not that. It, not that anybody has has had a really bad reaction to this. But we'll get into that. So, so a great example. Let's kick it off with Epic, right? Epic did, and and I like to I like to rag on Epic a lot. But all. But I I think it's what till Justin April twentieth maybe. Um, what the, the, this is going I, on? I don't know. I don't know the exact time frame. I don't follow. It's like, a, like it's like a month, I, I, right? Yeah. Like there's like three specific reactions that to me encapsulate a great spec. I'm blasted by the way. So excellent. Me no, that's fucking great. My memory does not serve me super well. No, Although, that's fine. Let's also Perfect. respect how eloquent I can be. Well, completely fucking blitzed. No, you, no, um, it's, it's, I always respect it. There was Epic Games donating. I think it was they said it like roughly all the proceeds a month, from Fortnite. No, I roughly, think, yeah, I think it was like all the proceeds. Roughly a from, month's worth of profit from Fortnite to the Ukraine, and I'm not is, sure the details of like specific charities or like I'm sure not directly to the Ukrainian military. Like, like it's but, but certainly like that's, charitable causes, but Derek, we got to point out that's no small thing. It's a huge like, amount. Like, it's fucking Fortnite. Fortnite yeah, makes more like, money in a month than I can imagine. So yeah, that's a like, lot that's, of money. That's a shitload of they fucking bought, money. Like fighter jets. Like yeah, it's um, it's it's nuts how much money that is. You've got that. You've got um, GSC. Bungie did it. Bungie oh. did a really big uh, like community drive um, for like for Destiny that raised quite a bit of money. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know about that one. That's super cool. Um, the the GSC Game World, which is a Ukrainian dev and the developers of the Stalker series. Right. Um, they this is real early, like right out of the gate. They used um and and i don't remember if other companies other ukrainian companies joined in after what they said and like spread the message but they basically said hey this is fucked up 
our country's under attack. This is unconscionable. And they like shared like a wire transfer number that you could send money to 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 support the cause, which is kind of fucking rad. Yeah, they're real quick, real quick, guys, guys, in chat, Terexa's Epic raised fifty million dollars. And then um someone says Bungie also flat donated 120,000, which like That's wild. very different amounts of money, but like both super fucking cool because clearly yeah, Epic yeah. Games is in a and very the, different position from yeah. Bungie in terms and of. And there was that huge to... that huge humble bundle. There's a humble had, bundle like, too, yeah. right? Several um, thousand games in it. Uh and that raised... the Itchio bundle, uh made over six million. Yeah. Um so several options. And then on the other side, and this is the one that like John has a bee in his bonnet about, but like I kind of agree with for different reasons. So Nintendo decided to indefinitely delay the release of uh, Advance Wars One and Two Reboot so Camp. Dumb. Um, like, uh, and like, look, y'all, I'm a big lefty left left McLefterson. Um, I'm I don't particularly like giving a lot of what's the word I'm looking for. I I don't like handing it to corporations when they do things right. But like, if you're going to get involved in this stuff at all, to me going, we want to delay our war themed game is, is not like, why speak up? Yeah. Like, why why speak up? It doesn't matter. I think, I think, well, one, I think Nintendo's hypersensitive about stuff like this. I think that's true, for Probably. sure. Probably. The, advan- the original release of Advance Wars was September 10th, 2001. No! Yeah, you didn't so, know that, Eric? Yeah. No! <laughs> but I think what? that also... No, yes. but, but, no but here's the thing, though. Like, and also, one of the games starts with a faction that is basically Russia invading a neighboring country no like no, i no, no, i no, get no. it i i i i understand like it's obviously not on the same like, level i don't think things, but I, I don't I at least if, get it i if they had not said anything i don't think anybody would have looked at advanced wars and been like oh this reminds me no of I, I don't like, i don't think they just, don't think it's they ridiculous like i I'm just saying that from a company like Nintendo's standpoint, I get it. Like, yeah. like if the game was still in development and wasn't finished, that's one thing, right? But, I don't know but, if it matters. But these devs, like, who undoubtedly worked very hard on this game, uh, like, look, what's what's happening in, in Ukraine is awful, but it's not their fault. And, uh, and you know, this has got to be a huge morale blow to them. I mean, because God knows when this fucking game is going to come out now. Like, it, 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 if it even comes out. Here's the funny <laughs> I mean, thing is, when the, do you decide to release it? Because it's not like this, yeah. this mm-hmm. war in the Ukraine, it's not like Russia's aggression is going to end no. anytime soon. So, like... So like what? The, like, Go ahead, Jeff. Jeff no, yeah. I was going to say, the, the other weird one I saw this week um, was Microsoft delayed the uh, latest Flight Simulator World update by two days in response to the Boeing crash in China, which was, like, oh. again... You know, like huge tragedy, but like two what days. Is that, like, what's, yeah, what's, like, it, what's that doing? I don't. Why, why, why not a week? Why not a month? I mean, yeah. like, like, like it. Like, if you are going to speak up, if if you are going to support the Ukrainians, and you absolutely fucking should. Yeah. 
but but if you are it's like derek do you remember like who like i remember i, I after 9-11 the days following 9-11 everybody was like you know kleenex tissues offers its condolences to all the victims and it's yes, like that so that's the that's joke great. i've been making like uh, i've been making this joke in the discord on twitter everywhere but like i don't really give a shit what arby's thinks about the, <laughs> the invasion of ukraine right um, I'm sorry, i have to laugh at that i don't give a shit like if you're a company Anything you say on a, and, and this is kind of what I would like to, this is my personal stance. I don't know how y'all feel or agree with this. If you are a big corporation, your public statements of support are 100% performative unless you yes. put something behind them. And yeah. I don't judge a company for not saying anything. If Arby's doesn't change its profile picture to a rainbow for Pride Month, I don't assume that they're anti-gay. Yeah. Like, you're a corporation, and the only thing you care about is making money. If you don't come out in support of Ukraine, I don't assume that you must therefore support Russia. I think you're a company, and you're staying in your fucking lane, which is making your money uh, at the expense of your workers. Uh, but, ooh, too spicy. Um, but, no, 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 it's fine. I, I know, I like but it. But if you're going to speak up, like, put some action behind that. I respect Epic Games for donating a shitload of money. That's a that lot cause. of fucking money, dude. That means something. Like, it really does. Like, we rag on Epic for a lot, but that was a baller fucking move. Yeah, like, that rules. And, like, Epic Games makes a lot of shitty business decisions. Um, but like, I'm not saying Tim Sweeney doesn't suck, because right. he absolutely sucks. Epic Games is a, is a gigantic, awful corporation, and no companies are your friends. Um, you know, Disney would, would dump its queer employees in a radioactive pit for the right amount of money. But, you know, I want to like, know that's why that's why action means everything to me. I want to know what Jeff thinks about this, um, because Jeff, I know that. So Jeff has been off been off Twitter for a bit. Um, the healthiest of all of us. It, right. Jeff is just su such a, a wise individual. But Jeff, you are also <coughs> um, and I'm going to compliment you here. Uh, you deserve it. You are also one of the most compassionate human beings. I know you have a level of empathy uh, that I that. I think most people should strive for. So, so when you see stuff like this, when, when you see um, like, for example, Nintendo, you know, in, essentially like virtually canceling. I told y'all uh, John and, had a bee in his bonnet about an entire, wars. like I'm I want, like, not even, not even because it's advanced wars, just because like as somebody who has actually been to war, like this shit means nothing. Like it's meaningless. Um, it accomplishes absolutely fucking nothing. Like, like Jeff, where do you stand on this? Um, I mean, I, the Nintendo one, I think, is a, I, I 100% agree with basically everything Derek just said. Um, the Advance Wars one is like, there was some action behind it, so I kind of can appreciate that they actually made, an, like, they did something. I just think it was misguided. Uh, like, just, just donate like, money, or like, donate the first month of proceeds from the game. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think there was probably good intentions there. I don't. It doesn't feel as performative to me as... Some of the other stuff because I, I'm I'm sure they didn't want to de delay that game. Like I don't yeah. think that probably yeah. benefits the game or benefits them. Um, so it's it's a little different. But I yeah I, I just generally agree. Like you know if someone's gonna say something and do something like it, you should always be asking yourself like how does this help people? And when I was still on Twitter, 
Um, I was honestly quiet a lot of times, uh, in especially in the later years. I, I used to be very outspoken, um, and I kind of just realized like no one really needs my take on everything. They don't assume that just because I don't weigh in on this, I'm not. And, and but and then like you kind of feel bad because like you see things like I I see your silence and it's damning. But like I gotta remember they're not talking about me. I hope they're not talking about me. But you know it's like especially. If my audience and my followers, you know, I'm, a, I'm a small individual, right? I'm not a huge corporation. So for me, like everyone, it's just my friends on there. Me saying anything doesn't really do anything because they're already thinking and they already believe everything I do. So like to me, that's performative. But and when it comes to a company, they can make a change. They can influence people, but only by doing something. Just putting the tweet out there doesn't do anything. So I, I mean, that, that's my take on it. I think like Derek said, if you're going to say something, then back it up with action and make sure that action is meaningful and make sure that action is actually going to help people in the real world and make a difference, which is what the millions of dollars that are coming from Fortnite to Ukraine will do. That, will is, that is exactly what, so Jeff just hit the nail on the head. Like if you're going to do something, make sure that it's got weight behind it. Make sure that it's meaningful, right? Like all the money that Epic if, for example, has raised for the people of Ukraine, is it going to actually help the people of Ukraine? That's something that they care about. It, it, not just Nintendo. Like, like delaying your video game or doing your Twitter statement uh, doesn't do anything. It, it does nothing. The Ukrainians don't care. Um, no, nobody else cares. Um, so, so, and kind of alluding back to what Derek said, like, if you are going to say something... 100% has to be backed up by by some by something meaningful. It's you you can't just you can't just do words on this one. Derek, go ahead, bud. I was going to say and and like to expand on this a little bit because our our wonderful buddy Virender in chat uh, hey, kind, of, kind of pushed in the direction I was already kind of going cuz it's, it's not just about the war in Ukraine, right? Like this is really about how companies react to current events, to social movements, to you know anything big enough to have captured the news cycle for a period of time um and for it feels like non-stop for my entire life um you know the the subject of like the treatment of marginalized folks in America has always been one of the things we struggled with the most and I kind of made the allusion to like Disney with pride earlier, but like if you're a person of color and in the time since this conversation really about race really got heavily renewed after the summer of 2020, um, you have seen so many corporations come out in support of people of color in support of equality in support of diversity in support of justice, but they've done nothing right. So like the social media post doesn't mean anything to, to people of color when you say something mm -hmm. like that, right? Real recently, again, Disney's Disney's in the heat because they've been donating to Republicans in Florida and Republicans in Florida are pushing this. Don't say gay bill. And Disney wants to have it both ways and now say, well, we're going to halt payments and we stand in support of, you know, queer folks. But look at their reactions to queer workers and allies walking out. Are they going to donate to, um, 
you know, pro the, LGBT? Are they in a pro? No, all, yeah, all, no. They're, they're, all they're doing is no longer continuing to donate to the people that they already donated to that already passed the bill that people are so upset about. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. and I mean, I mean, and that's, and and that's what for, people of color have been dealing with forever yeah. is these meaningless statements of well we support we stand quality, behind you but meanwhile you still have racist hiring policies you still put people of color and especially women of color through uh the ringer internally um you know like you know so that's i think that's this is a great opportunity as we have so many different reactions to like the war in ukraine because everybody's gonna say the same thing about um, people of color, right? They're going to say, we support diversity. We support inclusion. No big mega corporation is going to come out and be like, actually, uh, we do believe in a white ethno state. Like that's, you know, fucking Warner Brothers is not going to come out in support of white nationalism, right? They're always all going to come out in support of the milquetoast progressive position um and it's and they're not going to do much about that and this situation with the invasion of ukraine has given us an opportunity to see corporations react in kind of maybe a little bit more of a variety of ways than we would normally see and it's a great way for us to talk about like hey here's where this actually helps and and here's where you're making even if well meant and well-intended like what you say is meaningless because there's no action or no helpful action to back it up and i would like us as as social activism driven type progressive folks to think that way about all statements that companies make about major topics or subjects of controversy that a statement in support of a thing is is good and all but like what did what did you do but I, I, I do also want to echo, though, that like sometimes even just getting some of these statements or some of these donations requires a lot of people, a lot of people that work there to fight really, really. Yeah, hard. that's a solid sure. point. There's a huge um, difference between a corporation and the people who work. Yeah. Like, in the corporation. Look at, look, look at what happened when when all those IGN staff members very rightfully came out in support of Palestine. Right. Yes. Like, do you guys do you guys remember that? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. They, they penned this huge. uh this, you know, this huge letter, you know, like supporting people of Palestine and IGN corporate made them take it down. Uh, and, and they raised fucking hell. Um, and eventually I believe it got put back up. Right. Derek, it did, I mean, it did I mean, get it put did. Up. right. It, it did, did get restored. It took long enough. But, it took, well, it took but, a long time, but it, it did. did but, but like Justin was just saying, it was only because people fucking screamed about it for as long as they did. Um, and Justin is, Justin is right. Like, like, you know, these things wouldn't even be happening if people weren't actively fighting for them to happen. Like even these statements wouldn't be put out unless a substantial group of people at each one of these companies said, Hey, we, we really want to make our voices heard. We really need to say something. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, like it, it just, it, 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 what you just said, Justin really made me think of that whole situation with IGN and Palestine. And um, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's every issue, whether it being, you know, people of color, women lgbtq people um not non-gender conforming folks like it's almost any kind of issue you can imagine um and i i don't know 
there's just some stuff at work that you know is has been going on lately that so it's kind of on my mind you know at work and stuff too but um yeah i i don't know i just i I, i'm not going no i'm not going anywhere saying anything that hasn't already been said but just just do shout outs to the people at these companies that are fighting to do the right thing and keep doing the right thing um because i mean that moves the needle because I think some of these big donations that we've seen, you know, wouldn't have happened unless the the employees had put enough pressure on their bosses for various other, you know, reasons that they said, hey, we can go ahead and do this and, you know, clear some of these like massive donations and stuff. And that stuff move, moves the needle long term. But, you know, certain issues obviously get more attention than others. And you just got to keep fighting. The The only like thing out of this avenue of conversation that still gives me um like hope is somebody in response to i i was it mike braun talking about how fucking interracial marriage should be yeah yeah, jesus christ which was was like that's one of the worst fucking things i've heard yeah i was wondering if that was gonna get brought up but but here's the thing. Somebody shared uh, a, a, like an infographic that showed like the level of public support for interracial marriage in the United States over time and how that has gone from like 3% up to like 90 something percent over the last few decades. Well, the thing right? that's, the thing that blew my mind about that chart is I looked at the year I was born and it was under 50%. The year right. I was yeah. born. Like yeah. Yeah. It's like no, ma- like no matter how, where we think we are and there's I think always about it, I a much up. longer way to go than we think we yeah. have. And I think about it I definitely grew up in an era where like my older sister got a lot of flack for dating black men. And that's so fucking bizarre to me, but I think back on it, it's like, yeah, that straight up did happen. But, but I see that and it reminds me that, that though the fight is hard, though it may never be over, like we can continue to improve. Um, it is a fucking travesty that I mean, the fight hell. may never be over. I mean, hell, like, like my, in my own family, you know, like when I was in the Marine Corps, when I was in the Marine Corps, now bear in mind, this was in the early 2000s, right? Like I was in my early 20s. I told my mom I was dating a girl and she said, like, I, uh, I I'll just say it. She said, oh, please don't tell me she's black. And I was like, actually, mom, she is. And I ended up marrying her. That was my first wife. Um, but you know, it's, it's like, the point is, is that we have not fucking come anywhere near as far in this country as yeah, we like. We haven't, we, have. we haven't solved racism and achieved Dr. Martin Luther King's dream. So stop. Oh, shit, dude, the civil rights people. fight was, the civil but rights like, fight was, was just one generation ago. But like, and God, white people sure do love to quote Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Don't yeah, they? They really but, do. Um, but like the fight's not over, but and I mean, with we, some of the legislation that's going through lately, it seems like the fight's going to have to keep going. But yeah, the fight will never stop. I truly yeah. believe that. But but we'll keep fighting and yeah. the people after us will keep fighting. And, you know, I think a big part of that is is learning to 
um, in this world where so much power is managed by corporations is, is learning to spot the performative learning to spot the bullshit and learning to spot the real action. Um, you know, look, and, like I said, it shouldn't be that way, but like I said on Twitter, all I, want, all I want to do is just like give a bigot, a green goblin spine buster right through three floors uh, of a building. And if you don't think I could do it, then you haven't met me in person. Yeah. So I could, I can absolutely make that happen. You've lifted me um, right off the ground before. So, yeah, like with a baby, with little effort. Um, but uh, yeah, no. It, like Derek said, we're gonna we're gonna keep fighting, uh, and the people after us are gonna keep fighting. And that's all we can do is 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 just keep fighting. Um, keep being noisy on this podcast from time to time for little as we can do. But I'm gonna keep talking about Final Fantasy on this that's podcast for sure. Cool, a very Derek. equivalent help. Thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of things that are speaking of things that are not Final Fantasy, um, because I'm not going to bring up Final Fantasy 16 on this one. And we're we've kind of worn through the subject of companies and the reactions. We have, we have. It, it plus, like, like it's start, starting to get heavy. We're, we're, we're not trying to get too heavy tonight. Um, we are going to close it out uh, by giving you guys a little hype check, giving ourselves a little hype check. We are not even halfway through 2022 yet. And already there are all kinds of fucking games uh, coming out that all of us are are extremely excited for. Uh, and so we're going to talk about some of the games coming out in 2022 that we are just over the moon for. Can't wait for them. Very excited. Um, now, of course, I am not going to. So I my, and you guys can do whatever you want, but I'm only I'm going to keep myself to games that we know are coming out in 2022. Right. Uh, games that either have a release date or a release window in 2022. Um, and I'll go ahead and I'll go and kick it off. I did guys, my most anticipated game this year by far has got to be the HD 2d localization of live alive. Um, I'm so fucking, it's so fucking cool, dude. Like live alive for anybody listening. If you don't know what live alive is, uh, it is, uh, an old 16 bit super famicom, uh, RPG developed by Squaresoft back in the day, back when they were still Squaresoft. Um, uh, one of those games that never got localized, uh, never came over here. Um, and I can't, Derek, do you, do you remember? I don't know why it never came. There was a reason it never came. Um, There's literally only one like never localized RPG that I know anything about, and that's Bahama that's Bahama Lagoon. Lagoon. Um, uh, but um, but it, it, so for whatever reason, it didn't come over here and. Back in February, Derek and I were watching the Nintendo Direct, and out of fucking nowhere, just out of nowhere, Derek was like watching my reaction. I could not fucking shit? believe it. I, it was, and not just a localization of of uh, of Live Alive. This legendary fucking Square Super Nintendo RPG that never came over here, but it's a fucking HD 2D remake of the fucking game, and. Guys, Live Alive. I've played. I've played a fan translation of Live Alive. It, that game is fucking incredible. It have It's got eight protagonists across eight different time periods. Um, you can fucking you you can pick and choose which character you play as at what point. They all come together at the end. It's a great fucking game, and I am so happy that Live Alive is finally getting the attention it deserves. Because not because if fucking Live Alive and obscure a legendary, but it's legendary for people who love like obscure JRPGs. If that game can get fucking remade and localized out of nowhere, fucking 
anything else can. Anything else is on the table, in my opinion. And Live Alive is just, oh, I can't fucking wait. Day fucking one for me. God, I'm so happy. I'm so fucking happy. I, um, I'm excited for Live Alive, I guess. I don't know fucking anything about it, but like, but Derek, it's a retro treat. Square <laughs> RPG for, on the Super Nintendo getting an HT2D. Like, sure, I'm going to play it at some point. Oh, you're Maybe in not right at release, but I mean, it's it's happening. I'm going to mainline that fucking game, dude. I'm going to yeah. mainline that shit. It looks pretty. It looks weird. It looks fun. I'm about it. It's so weird. It's so good. It, dude, it's 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 Call one John Snow. I know nothing. One time era is like in the fucking old Wild West. That's the what? shit that's got me. Because if you give me a Wild West JRPG, I will. I'm I'm in. You've that's one of them is a fucking caveman, and there's no. All, they just die. They just communicate in grunts because language. There's no language yet. Um, one of them's in the future. One of them is an old man in uh, Imperial China. This seems like um, the kind of shit so that like an great. indie dev would come up with nowadays. It does, it's like a yeah. weird deconstruction of JRPGs. It does. Yeah, I love this. It's gr- grid-based battles. That's just so fucking good, dude. I can't wait. I can't wait. Who wants to? Who wants to talk about a game they're fucking excited about? Justin. <laughs> somebody, Justin. somebody, somebody <laughs> pick Excellent. up the fucking baton. All right, so um. There's a few things I'm looking forward to. Obviously, the big one for me is going to be God of War Ragnarok. Um, I, I loved the 2018 game. We, we do we know that we know that's coming out in 2022. Like they have, said, I love they've said there, it is. But. There's not a date, but I mean, it it was supposed to come out last year. It seems right. like the, yeah, and you know they've said this year, um, but there's no official okay. date okay. yet. But um, I'm really excited for that game. But there's there's a bunch of indie stuff this year that doesn't have a date yet. Um, but I'm really looking forward to like Stray, um, that like cyberpunk oh, yeah. game where you play as a cat. Uh, cat game. that game, that game looks really cool. Um, uh, a sequel to Oxenfree is coming oh, out. That, hell fucking yeah. I forgot about that. Holy hell. shit. Je- Published Derek, by Netflix. <laughs> Derek played, Justin, Derek played Oxenfree for the first time right in front of me. I was there. Well, Oxenfree's great. Oxenfree's really cool. great. Uh, yeah, so there, there's a lot there's a lot of smaller things uh, this year that I'm really uh, keep uh, keeping an eye on. Um, I know Moss Book Two is actually out in a couple of weeks, um, which kind of that kind of also segues into another thing I'm excited for. It's not officially confirmed that it's this year, but um, seems highly likely. But PSVR two uh, is releasing later this year, and I think there's probably some really cool stuff that's gonna come alongside that we already know there's they're making a horizon vr game which i i'm i'm all about that so um but i think psvr 2 is probably gonna be a huge huge leap from the first one i'm excited about you know the specs and stuff that they've released the new controllers and stuff so i really want to see what they can do with that because i thought psvr 1 was cool but it was clearly kind of thrown together and didn't really have the hardware behind it that it needed but um I think PSVR 2 is going to be really cool. So, yeah, th- those, are, those are some things I'm looking forward to this year. I'm surprised you and Derek are, are, are talking about the um, the VR Kaiju game coming out for... You haven't seen... Were, were you actually I, played I it? haven't heard about it. Were this. you actually played... It was, it was on Twitter today. It's a VR game, and you, you are the Kaiju. And you're just, like, knocking shit around. I, I'll have to get you guys the link. It was on Twitter today. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Derek, why don't you talk about what you're excited about this year? I've got two that are my 
Uh, I pretty much pre-decided before I even hit 2022 that these were going to be my my probably two biggest games of 2022. And we'll see how things pan out because so much of this year is up in the air for now. But one is coming out tomorrow. Kirby, baby. Oh, God, I'm so fucking excited about Kirby, Kirby? dude. It looks, it's, it looks so fucking delightful. Kirby does not miss. Mouthful ever. mode. Mouthful, Mouthful mode. mode. I'm a cone mouth type of person. Just, is Kirby, in fact, the throat goat? Derek, yes. is, is that, is that yeah. been decided? Like that's, that's, he's been decided. Oh, okay. Kirby, All right. I just want to make sure. Kirby games are always so good. And and I genuinely don't think that a Kirby game, like a, a not a quick, cheap, dirty, like spinoff cash in. I don't think a Kirby game's missed. And actually, I think even most of the cash-ins are good as fuck. So, um, but Kirby in the Forgotten World going like 3D. This is kind of what I've been asking out of Kirby for a very long time, ever since the GameCube days. And uh, I'm finally getting it. And it looks like they've really adapted to the 3D space well. There's this great post and clip going around talking about how they have adapted Kirby for 3D. And one of the examples they use is how they adjust hitboxes so that if it looks like your attack hit, then it hits based on the camera angle. So like the clip shows Kirby like throwing the little boomerang cutter and it looks like it hits the guy, but then they pause it and pull the camera up and show that Kirby's off by like a 30 degree angle. Like it flew right past him to the side, but because from a sideways angle, it looked like it should have hit the game just decides that it hit. And I think it's brilliant. Derek, I think it's did you, great to did, use perspective-based like interactions in these games um, to make them a lot more approachable for everybody, really. Make the game behave the way you feel like it should from what you see. I love that. Did, did you see today that the developers of Kirby said that the reason past Kirby games have been so easy is because they love him so much and they don't want him to get hurt. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's a, that's awesome. Oh, I love that's, that. That's literally what they said. And dude, I was like, Oh God, I was like, fuck. Like that, my wife God does not it. like Kirby. Like, and I'm going to see if I can change her mind by having her play co-op with me on this. But my wife fucking Vicky loves Kirby. Yeah, she's, she's a, she's a Kirby Martha, stand. Martha should love Kirby. And she is. It's no right up her fucking alley. It's weird that she doesn't You'd fucking like, think. It's so maybe I'll change your mind on this one, but we'll see. Jeff, um, watch. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Please, Derek, please, please. I mean, I mean we're, just, we're just going to keep going around the horn. Right. So I've seen this get brought up in chat, and this is like <laughs> my absolute must. Like, this is my big game of the year is Forspoken. I cannot fucking wait to put my hands on Forspoken. And I keep saying this, that it's giving me big dragon's dogma energy in that I think it's a game that's going to be maybe a little messy, but it's going to punch so far above its weight class in terms of kind of the wacky wild shit that game will let you do and, and how much new shit you'll be able to find. I don't know why it's a gut feeling, but I feel really good about this. Um, and I do really like a lot of what they're doing. I like the protagonist a shit ton. I look at her and I see my niece, you know, and that's, that's rare awesome. for protagonists of video games to be, you know, young, young black women 
Um, you know, it's there's an energy to the game that seems very fun and 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 celebrative and uh like it's not something that's overly grim it's not trying to parody anything it's not trying to deconstruct anything it is trying to be a big exuberant fantasy adventure and i love that now they could fuck it up it's luminous production so who oh, fucking they knows? absolutely fucking could and they could absolutely fuck it up but like I'm I'm gonna go into this with high hopes, and if I get let down, I get let down. But Forspoken could be it. Could I be hope, it. I I I really hope they uh, I really hope they knock Forspoken out of the out of the. And oh, John's frozen. This one. Um, yeah. I feel like that that game needs to be fucking good. Yes, I'm not, am I frozen? You were for a minute. It's fine. you were for a second. Oh, You're okay. back. All right, uh, Jeff. Go ahead, Jeff. What is it? Give us a game that you're that you are. Uh, that your curiosity is piqued about this year. What are you feeling? I was dreading, for, I was dreading this, uh, John. I, I'm sorry to inform you. There's literally nothing. Grand Turismo Seven's it. It's not. <laughs> I, I looked yeah. at the lists. I looked at the release dates. Uh, there's fucking nothing for me this year. Jeff. Although I'm gonna cheat a little bit and say there was these rumors about this Goldeneye 007 remaster. Uh, oh, that's 100. Uh, that's 100 happening. Yeah. So like I, I will say, um, I know it's not confirmed, but I'm gonna go off book here a little bit. Uh, I genuinely believe that game is not as good as we all remember it because I have played it recently. Perfect Dark is Perfect Dark is the culmination uh, of that formula. Goldeneye was just kind of their first crack, but that said, it's sweet nostalgia, and I will absolutely play through that campaign. Hopefully, online co-op with someone if that uh, remaster is uh, real. So I'm gonna hold on to hope for that one because man, it's. It's not looking good for me these days. Or Jeff, 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 what about Final Fantasy patch? Uh, Final, Final Fantasy 14 patch 6.1 introducing a brand new story. Yes, the 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 new brand new game, Final Fantasy 14 6.1. Hey, and uh, Jeff, it counts, baby. It, course, it counts. Of course, I'm always excited for more uh, 14 content. Um, I'll, I'll probably do what I usually do. I'm, I'm not as worried about spoilers now because we kind of got the big Endwalker stuff out of the way. So right. I, like, I like to let a few patches kind of roll out because it it feels a little bit more rewarding to kind of roll through, you know, like 20, 30 hours of, of story rather than just kind of five here and there, especially because I tend to forget it by the by the time the next patch rolls around. So, um, but yeah, no, for sure. That's exciting. I'm really stoked to see where they go with that because uh, I honestly have no fucking idea. So um, another game that I am very excited for this year, uh, and it's actually, you know what? I'm going to group them all together because they're all fucking ninjas and they're all fucking turtles. And um, Shredder's Revenge and the fucking Cowabunga Collection. I I could not be more fucking... Oh my god. Dude, I, Turtles in Time is one of my favorite 2D beat-em-ups ever. And to know, one, that we're getting fucking Turtles in Time... I'm going to have it on the Switch this year, but we're also getting a spiritual successor by the same devs that did Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which is a great fucking 2D beat-em-up. Um, they are developing Shredder's Revenge, which looks fucking awesome. I, I I am so fucking excited about the wealth of Ninja Turtles goodness that is coming that, that is coming to consoles this year. I can't like I I know we don't have a release date for either one. They're both coming out in 2022. Um, I um they've been very clear on that. We don't know when, but man, like dude. 
I am going to play so much. Like anybody who wants to play Shredder's Revenge with me on this podcast, now Britt and I are going to be streaming some Turtles in Time, actually. But guys, play some fucking Shredder's Revenge with me, please. I cannot fucking wait. It looks so fucking good. That pixel art and the fuck. Oh, ooh. I, I'm going to shut up about it because if you don't, I, I'm as you can tell, I'm very, very, I'm a big Ninja Turtles guy. So I fucking, oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. It's so good. Derek. Yeah. Okay. I got one. Um, Gotham Knights. I'm really excited for Gotham. I thought that was delayed. No, um, Suicide Squad. Uh, Suicide Suicide Squad. Squad. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. Gotham Knights is still on track for late October, as I remember correctly. Um, but Gotham Knights is, I love the, the Arkham games. It is still blowing my mind that Gotham Knights is somehow not a sequel to Arkham Knight, despite the fact that it 100% follows up on every single plot thread that was set up and in also, Arkham Knight. And also, Suicide Squad is set in the Arkham right? universe. Right! It doesn't make a lick of goddamn sense. But wait, I wait, 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 hold on, it is? Yes, yes, Gotham Knights is not connected to the Arkham games, but Suicide Squad is in the Arkham universe. Despite the fact that Gotham Knights <laughs> takes place in a world where uh, Batman is dead, and the which main villains are, the, and the main villains are the Court of Owls, which is like the whole ending and setup from Arkham. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but, no, wait. I thought that was the other way around. I thought Gotham nope, Knights was nope, no, 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 it's not. But Gotham Knights looks fun. Um, Gotham Knights looks really cool. Yeah. I. I keep forgetting about that game because they really haven't shown too much of it. Yeah, lately, but it looks but... it looks cool. Everything we see, but I love the extended Bat Family. Um, any game that lets me play as Nightwing is is a good game in my book. Um, you know, I I loved WB Montreal's work on uh, Arkham Origins. You know, I'm here for it. I'm I'm still processing the Gotham Knights thing. Like yeah. that. It's pretty fucking dumb. That makes not a lick of fucking sense. Like, and like so the suicide, the Suicide Squad game is so tonally out of place with the Arkham games. Like, like wow, 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 wow. That that legit threw me for a fucking loop. Holy shit! I thought that was the other way around. Nope. Um. Wow. All right, Justin. Justin, you got one. You got to toss out there, bud. Uh, so somebody mentioned it in chat. And I almost forgot. Plague Tale Requiem. Ooh, uh, yeah, day yeah. one. Uh, so the trophy list has been uploaded, and it indicated like a May release date. So I am very excited Ooh! if that ends up being true. That, um, that game was that Plague Tale was fucking great. Plague Tale the, the, Requiem was Plague Tale Innocence uh, was really Innocence good. Innocence was so good. Uh, so I I'm excited for I'm excited for the sequel. Like that game was grim in a way that few games are. But it, it was it was God, very the last of us in a lot the of ways. The technology they use for the fucking oh, rats, the rats are so terrifying. Oh, it's great. great. Just Justin, can I uh, just mention something real quick? Sure. Uh, I don't think it has an exact date, but I'm pretty sure that Arc Two was scheduled for 2022. Oh, Hell yeah! yeah. They need their diesel. The and the furious. They're gonna have to take their time. To get Vin Diesel's head shape right, so I, I, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna take. I think they're gonna take the time to get it right to get up to the cinematic standards mm. um, of Arc because we all know the first Arc was made to the highest oh. of the highest of quality. The um, yeah, yeah, oh but God, I, 
you can't no like, seriously the, the next you can't you can't kill dinosaurs without family the next trailer can. for that game is gonna make me lose my mind i, I remember what justin we were streaming the game awards I was and, crying. And I was that, crying. I was laughing. That's the first so time I, I ever experienced complete derealization. Like <laughs> I, I thought that. I remember. I thought that. Oh, they're advertising a dinosaur game with Vin Diesel. But then it's like, nope. This is Arc Two, starring Vin Diesel. No, the, and the, I going, fucking go, ascended. Like, that trailer was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And then just the fact that it was Arc Two was I'm just so, the best so punchline they could have thrown in at the I'm end. I'm so pissed that nothing in my life I ever create will be as funny as that arc two trailer the the memes for days afterward were, oh. were, were just it was a, it was it was such a what a legendary reveal that was i i, I still remember that shit because remember like everybody was like oh turok and then i discovered <laughs> astral projection during yeah. the course Dude, of that trailer. i remember i was looking at twitter while it was happening and everybody was like oh shit turok and then like vin diesel walks into frame everybody's like wait what oh. the fuck is this and uh, it just, I love that he just looked so Blaine in chat just reminded me about the quarry, which, yes. So the quarry. Oh, yeah. Is, uh, I'm pretty excited about that. I liked all the Dark Super... Pictures stuff. So I actually haven't played the Dark Picture stuff. I got to check it You'd out. Like them. But yeah. uh, the quarry, they said it, it's from Supermassive Games. And they said this one is like the full scale, like spiritual sequel to Until Dawn. Um, so because yeah, all the Dark Picture stuff is a little lower budget. Like, it's a little lower really budget. Good. They're all shorter. Definitely, yeah. So. Um, but this one seems like it's a, you know, it's a full, it's it's a full price game. It seems like it's full length, and it's uh, out in the next couple months. So that'll be really cool. Um, and then another, another cool thing I saw about it is apparently they have a movie mode where you can actually just like set what what kind of like character traits you want each character to have and then it will automatically make decisions for you so like if you if you were with somebody that like you know doesn't really play games or anything and they just want to throw it on they can just do that which is really cool i i like stuff like that i think it's clever yeah, that's uh, cool shit i kind of love that so, so yeah that 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 game's that game's going to be good i I have, a, I have a good feeling about that one I'll drop two really quick ones because uh, we're getting close to our time here. But I know Derek is on board with uh, well, both of these, really. But one is the Capcom Fighters Collection. Yes. Um, I, I it's it's about goddamn time we got some Dark Stalkers, Dark Stalkers action uh, uh, going on again. Derek, what is it? It's Dark Stalkers one and two, but not three. Or is it all three? It's one, two, and then all three versions of the third game. Okay, right, right, right. Okay. Because there and are then, three separate versions with slightly different lineups. It's a, it's really cool that like this and the turtles collection like for games that there are multiple versions of are actually right. putting in all of them i do wish that they'd have just one. the full combined because it's but, very silly that i'm gonna have to pick like oh i'm gonna have to pick the version that has you know lilith and uh jetta but doesn't have shenko or or pyron like I, just like, give me the version that is every character i love at least on Derek, i've never I heard of a single one of those characters okay, before that's because out. nobody played dark stalkers yeah. but me well i hey i played it um i only know dark stalkers characters from marvel versus capcom too we, yeah. i also need to mention like the real prize for me there is uh super puzzle fighter oh yeah. um i fucking loved super puzzle fighter uh, tracking out a collection for Super Puzzle Fighter. So, no, I, I got awful at fighting games, 
but super, super puzzle, puzzle fighter, fighter. yeah i can do that it's so fucking good and like that is one of the hardest playstation games to come across isn't it's not that it's it's not that it's all that expensive it's just fucking hard to find and i i have been wanting a port of that for a very long fucking time um so yeah all about the fucking capcom fighters collection um and uh the other one was um i just oh uh, pokemon scarlet and violet oh god yeah i completely forgot yeah, holy shit dude fucking dude yeah that I'm looks like still working on the last pokemon game and they're like that a looks real like one. The, that looks like the game i wanted legends arceus to be same fully same like like don't get me wrong legends arceus did some great stuff but the more you play it the more you realize how real little... pokemon game yeah like it's just it's not quite what i think i was hoping for and i, I think a real pokemon game that that had all of like the cool shit that i liked in arceus so. yeah and i derek it looks like we'll we'll get that probably with scarlet and violet like they're yeah. building them as real open world experiences so capcom has something big coming out this year right like it's not just exo primal i'm getting it's, i'm eating something right it's got to be resident evil Four make. is it because look um, resident it's gotta evil, be dragon's dogma street fighter one of those three it's is coming not, out this year it's right? not dragon's dogma I think it's it'll be street fighter i think I street fighter makes this year i look if street fighter hits this year gay ascendance I, I don't think it will simply because like they all I mean it was an announcement of an announcement right and whenever yeah, you see that like no, it's I, I get the sense that game weird. is I so Street Fighter Five released in it was like 2016 it was April or May uh, when that game came out I Capcom, I don't see, please give me a full price standalone new release title for the year of 2022 because I. I, I have I've a feeling given you parts of me and I need, I need that back. Derek, I have a feeling you're going to see Resident Evil four remake announced at E3 and it'll come out like in around Halloween. Or I, I, think. I think it'll be that. I think that could be in their January slot. They like That's their possible January well. slot for cap Capcom does like their January slot, but just need something new. Just need something I, new in sixty dollars. I'm not I just, feeling good I, I, right I, I, now. Y'all. You know what? <laughs> new in sixty bucks. You know what? I'll take a fucking port of Marvel vs. Capcom two. Give me it's that. A release, but it, it, that game desperately. One. That game is begging for. I mean, I could go on about Capcom for too long. <laughs> yeah, well, me mean, too. A lot of people in the fighting game community have been. Oh, Roronado chat. Breath of Fire. Time. If Capcom were to drop a Breath of Fire collection, that would be fucking. That would be dope as shit. Never. Which happening. is which is why they won't do it. Yeah, that's not gonna. Have happen. they even but touched that, the no, Breath of Fire? That franchise doesn't exist. exist. There was a mobile game a few years ago, and okay. we it, don't acknowledge it. And it, yeah, we don't talk about it. But there was a technically a Breath of Fire mobile game. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, there's, it, it's a good year for games unless you're Jeff. Um, in, in which case, <laughs> uh, Jeff is just, no, Jeff I, racing I, his heart out. I'm going to, I, I retracted my statement. Oh, I completely forgot about the quarry. Oh yeah. Um, uh, cause I kind of tuned out just dark pictures. Didn't really seem like quite my thing. The model was kind of weird. Um, but I loved until dawn and like. You know, my whole thing with games right now, the reason I'm not excited right is like, I don't want to fucking shoot stuff. I don't want skill trees. I don't want experience. I don't want to craft and grind. I don't want any of that stuff. And like, so yeah, like a linear story game where I'm just fucking shit up and killing off teenagers and um, just enjoying some hopefully, uh, hopefully like kind of campy, cheesy elements in Until Dawn, but like some of the more serious stuff too. Um, just a really high production value game like that is is actually right up my alley. So 
Uh, I am officially excited for that now. Jeff, I wanted to tell you, do all my, you know, what my uh, my thirteen year old has really gotten into recently on Xbox is the Long Dark. Nice, it's a great. Um, I, great I, rem- I remember you enjoyed that, and uh, when I learned that he's been playing it a bunch, I I was like, oh, I gotta tell Jeff that. Um, he make he sure he knows long- that nothing in the game can prepare him for how fucking miserable Canadian winters actually are. <laughs> he's also it's so much worse. He's also been playing Elden Ring, by the way. Oh, nice. That'll yeah. prepare him for how rough the Canadians win. He literally, yeah. he literally, he literally, he called, he called me a couple weeks ago and he said, dad, I've got to tell you something. I said, yeah, you guys know how my son is. He goes, father, I'm ready for Elden Ring. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I've been, I've been okay. in the gym. I've been, I've been training. Gym working out, been <laughs> training. <laughs> like I've been getting good. Like I was like, okay, <laughs> like you're, you're, you're ready, huh? I was like, bud, do you want me to get you the game? Just ask. <laughs> he was like, can you get me Elden Ring? I was like, yes, that's fine. <laughs> like, it, I'm ready. <laughs> I've been training. <laughs> okay, dude. All right. We are uh, we are at the end of our fucking rope here, both uh, in, in a podcast sense and in a fucking just all this sense. Uh, so we will go ahead and call it a night here. Uh, if you're if you're in the chat and you have not joined our Discord, the links are right there. Uh, the the link for the store is right there. Go and buy our shit and uh, donate some money to a good cause. Of course, all of our money goes to various good causes. Um, thank you, Trek, uh, again for showing up, bud. Seriously, dude, I know it's late there. Um, so uh, it's always a it's always a joy having you. Um, if nobody has anything else, uh, guys, remember kindness costs nothing. And we will see you right here at the same time next Thursday. Take care of each other.